0: hello and welcome to hometown glory for episode one of our third season i'm charlie and thrilled to be back with you all and especially excited to tonight be back with billy and with rosa Fear not, though, there are no transfer sagas for Tom and Ash. They are simply both late back to pre-season and will will join up with the squad very soon. Um, Some quick housekeeping before we dive in. Um, I would first like to recommend a very special episode of Hometown Glory that Rosa put together a couple of weeks ago with four brilliant guests, um, proud Lily White's uh, Chris Paros, um, Lauren from Gold Diggers and N17 Women's Rachel and Caroline, um it was a really powerful and unfortunately horribly necessary conversation around football's misogyny problem um and I feel very very proud that we were able to publish it with hometown glory's name attached um so a huge thank you to Rosa um for all the work it took and also the sort of um you know just the, the what you guys had to kind of go through to actually put it together as well I know it wasn't an easy um an easy episode to put together or record um and a huge thank you too to everyone who's listened and provided feedback. Um, Rosa, the response has been has been pretty terrific, hasn't it?
1: It's been really brilliant. Um, thank you so much for saying all those lovely things. I yeah, I really wanted to thank everybody who's listened and said amazing things. Um, especially like it was it was very encouraging to see the response from male football fans but I really want to give a shout out to all the women who listened and felt sort of seen and appreciated because that was really the intention um and just a massive shout out again to the women who did it with me because they were brilliant and if you don't follow them and or listen to their podcasts already you should they're amazing so yeah thanks everybody kind of it was very necessary and I'm so grateful to everyone who's participated and listened
0: Absolutely. And it's uh it's obviously still more than available to listen to if you haven't got around to it yet. And it's it's essential, I would say, for any any football fan um, of either gender. Um right, on to this episode. We are going to be taking temperatures and where we're at with Spurs right now. Um it's been a tumultuous, mutinous, scurrilous summer aboard the Tottenham roller coaster so far, and we're probably a bit scared about. What twists await? Um, but we are going to be talking about Harry Kane. Um, of course, his future is the main agenda point for everyone right now. Uh, we'll also debate what the club need to do and are likely to do before Brentford. Um, we've got a cracking rolling in the tweets for you. Um, thanks to everyone for the incredible feedback there. Um, I'd like to talk a little bit later about the trust statement around ticket price hikes and the protests planned there. Um, we're going to be checking in for a bit of a Bethany England update as uh, as England roll into the knockouts at the World Cup um, and wonder how much of the Harry Kane money we should put towards Lauren James. Um, plus, of course, we're going to offer up some juicy culture picks. Um, but perhaps, unfortunately, there's no other place to start but with Harry Kane. Um, so where are we with this all? It's hard to kind of keep up with the various ups and downs with this um, sort of inane transfer saga. Um, perhaps though, the best place to start is um, Billy, your ongoing war with uh German sort of sky sports presenter slash reporter slash uh, agitator in chief, um, Florian Petter- Petterberg, is it? Pletigol, as of course we've come to know and loathe them on Twitter. Um, we're sort of deep into, what, Daylight 24, 25 of all this now. How are, how are you faring, mate, in this war of attrition?
2: I mean, it's been going pretty steady. And then the last couple of days, he's just really ramped up the sort of the backfire, which actually I kind of respect, to be honest. It's made me respect him a lot more as a, as a as a foe, I think. So in the last couple of days, he's kind of, he's updated his own header picture, with a picture of him and Harry Kane, which I think is... a an insane move already like right, when you think about that but yes right I don't know if I'm going insane but yesterday he posted this picture and I'm 90% sure that he's edited his own forehead like if you look <laughs> at the years, I, I think he's playing mind games with me like I just can't believe the whole situation but um you know if that is true then fair play to him at least he's taking it all in good spirit and stuff because
1: has he edited his forehead to be bigger
2: yeah, yeah. Bigger. I'm, sure that, I'm sure that you have. <laughs> and the reason why I started this whole thing is just, I thought it was it was quite embarrassing the way that the sort of the Bayan journalists, um him and a couple of others, and then obviously on the tour we had that guy who brought the shirt in i think it's kind of embarrassing that they've sort of the way that they're acting like they have this divine right to sign Kane, which is probably what they're used to when they go and sort of take all the players from the other Bundesliga teams but this is you know we're tottenham and it's not really the way that we work and certainly not the way daniel levy works so um i just thought i'd fire back a little bit and then it's kind of developed into this and uh yeah i look forward to day 26 tomorrow
0: day 26 wow it's nearly been a full month um
1: I think you found found like a worthy nemesis, to be honest, it feels it feels right. There's been no one. I'm not saying he can match you because truly he can't. Mm. And he doesn't. I don't think he yet knows quite what he's got himself into. But I do think the fact that he's finally like bitten back. That's what we want to see, man. Just like journalists trying to rise above it all. No, you are down in the muck with us.
2: Yeah, and I think there is someone he, who loves Harry Kane just as much as we do. Maybe like I saw this video that, last night that he was actually like doing keep up of Harry Kane, like which I know that I've, there's like lore and backstory to the whole thing as well. It's like it's not just this window. He obviously has known Harry Kane for a long time. Didn't oh, know he was backstory to this whole whole villainy.
0: Um It is amazing, isn't it? Just the disparity in reporting that I seem to have picked up on the the sort of massive confidence that the German press have had all through this, that eventually Spurs will kind of yield. Eventually they'll see sense and feel like the kind of, you know, 80 million euros or whatever it is that they've been offering around is more than fair and actually very generous and we'll have to back down. And, you know, the UK press have all been pretty resolute with this idea that, you know, it's a hundred million pounds at least and, they're miles apart. Spurs are very happy to sort of walk away if 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 that figure isn't met. Um, gut feelings right now. What do we think is gonna? How do we? I mean, obviously, we could put this podcast out and we'd get a. You know, here we go within within minutes potentially. Who who knows how this is going to actually shake out? But gut feeling wise, what do we reckon is going to happen, Rosa?
1: Like if you'd asked me yesterday, I'd have said he's going it's happening and now I don't, I don't know, man. I'm like, pfft. I have no idea. Like I, my gut is just, it, it doesn't respond to this at all. Um, probably, I guess it happens. But then the Germans are so weird, man. It's like, they obviously Bayern Munich are football royalty and so they behave like it. But at the same time, are they not aware that we talk about their league as a farmer's league? Do you think they just like it's not? Do you think they just don't know? So it's as if they've just kind of proceeded. Is it? You're right. As if we're just like as if we're Dortmund or whoever, and they can do whatever they want and they don't understand. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't have any radar on this. I mean, that's partly because I've just really avoided. I it I wonder a lot, if Eric, the... it hurts me too much.
0: Yeah, Rosa has been noticeably absent when uh, Billy, myself, Tom, and Ash have been sort of debating the um, pros and cons of all this. And I think that's that was wise, Rosa. I feel like for your mental health, you've you've checked yeah. out accordingly where you've needed to. Um, so apologies for bringing you right back into it now. In I knew I was signing up. To. I forum. was
1: I was slightly tempted to be like, lads, I can't do it. I just can't do it. Just <laughs> call me back in when it's decided one way or the other. But here I am. Yeah, I've, been, am... In, I've been in my bubble.
0: I was until yesterday very much of the mind that this was definitely going to happen. I wonder though that build, um, and I know it was more of a sort of comment piece that they put out today. And I know that build is very much the sort of German Sun sort of tabloid paper. But the thing they put out today, where it was very much a sort of, um, you know, we didn't fancy her anyway piece talking about Kane, you know, not being us, actually suited to they? the way Buy and Play, and he's not, like, a we, didn't, box. we didn't want
1: him anyway. <laughs>
0: Yeah, striker like Lewandowski was for them. And, you know, he's not worth the money. It's all just one big sort of PR stunt from Bayern, blah, blah, blah. It did make me wonder if for the first time they're starting to think, actually, Spurs aren't going to back down here. And actually, maybe Bayern's pride in the sense that they are used to getting what they want and they don't want to get, you know, taken advantage of or, you know, the mighty Bayern Munich doesn't get... Um, you know, come out on the losing side in this sort of negotiation. So we'd rather just walk away with our sort of head held high. Makes me wonder actually if um if you know and also obviously the the story that our friend Dan Kilpatrick at the standard ran ran yesterday about Kane wanting this, you know, if it's, if he's not anywhere by the time we kick the season off, then he wants to stay and he, you know, that's him for the season. Maybe he is going to stay. Billy, what do you reckon?
2: Um yeah, I echo it. All my stance has changed significantly in 24 hours. Like I was certain he was gone yeah, like, as, as close as yesterday. And then Dan Kilpatrick thing came out and the meeting on Monday as well, and they're they're still 25 million apart, which is like massively significant amount of money. And then and then firstly just just to say about this, the whole thing about this, like the, the offer that they're offering for Harry Kane is, is is almost insulting, really. And I, I wonder if like there's a bit of Harry Kane which makes me you know he's he has obviously has a great understanding of how good that he is and we do as Spurs fans. But I just think he's being like massively undervalued. Like there's no way that 75 million, which is what was rumoured, is anywhere near acceptable for Harry Kane. And I, I I don't know. I'm kind of reading between the lines between Dan's piece and sort of the slowness of it all. Is that maybe Kane's actually getting a bit pissed off with this whole thing? And like I don't think that the way that they're acting Kane will be appreciative of because we know just from Harry Kane being who he is, that his Tottenham legacy is really, really important. Um, mm. I don't think that kind of thing will be exactly the sort of endearing Kane to Bayern Munich. I don't think the way that the journalists are... Acting, I don't think that the way that the presidents of Bayern Munich are acting, they're always coming out. Mm. We'll we're we're talk about Kane, but here's a load of stuff about Kane which I'm saying, um, Tuchel has been speaking about it, the presidents have been talking about it. I really think that Bayern Munich have, have handled this whole situation terribly. Uh, I don't think that will endear Cain to them at all. Um, so I don't know at the moment. I would have, you know, if you asked me yesterday, I would have said he's going and sort of getting prepared for it mentally um if that is even possible but now I honestly don't know I don't know I, I'd actually kind of starting to look like it might he might even stay um I don't know I don't know how it's going to go but I just think there's been quite a significant shift in the last 24 hours without doubt it's
1: quite satisfying to watch another club just like fuck up their like massive transfer isn't it Like, it just says, like, they're all, anyone can do it. It's not just us. You can be like the biggest club in the world and you can still screw it up. It should be so simple. You've got loads of money, pay loads of money, just do it. Like, I know we we say that, just pay it, but we don't have that money. They have that money. You should just do it. Like, if it was Madrid, they'd do it.
2: And it's like, do you not know Daniel Levy as well? Like, say like, Daniel Levy, like he absolutely hates this kind of thing. Like, If you're lowballing him, if you're publicly embarrassing him, if you're trying to, you know, gain these kind of, um, you know, status and trying to gain some sort of negotiating tactic, that is the, not the way to treat Daniel Levy as, you know, say what we like about him, but he he will respond to that. he will. No one will be hating all this stuff in the press and all this stuff in the president more than him. And I wonder if this whole thing is just him saying, I'm going to string these guys along for a few days and then I'm not going to accept anything anyway. Um, mm-hmm. Because, you know, he's not a guy that you can use these kind of tactics with. Um, you know, I have, you know, loads and loads of issues with Daniel Levy, but one thing he will, for sure is he will not uh, bow down to any kind of t- um, tactics like this at all.
1: And he understands the value of Harry Kane to this football club. Yeah,
2: which Very few people seem to do at the moment.
1: It's mental, isn't it? It's like you were—you guys were saying this earlier in the group, right? About do they not understand what they're getting? He's, Harry Kane is as close to a sure thing as you will ever get in football. And he's had what now, like at least two seasons free of injury. He's in his like He knows how to look after himself. He's in his prime. He scored 30 goals. For Tottenham Hotspur, who finished eighth last season. Like, who, what are you doing? This is what you pay for.
0: Also, I think Bayern need to remind themselves that this is their shot at getting Harry Kane. The second this transfer window closes, um, they're done. Like, they are not, they are no longer in the running to be um, Harry Kane's next football club. They just aren't. Like, he, the second this window shuts, he will go on a free to a Premier League club. I would put my house on that. Which is kind of the terrifying thing and the sort of unspoken terror that I think haunts a lot of us, right? And I think my I, I found it interesting that my gut reaction to that build piece breaking today and lots of people having a bit of a change of heart, not change of heart, change of mind around, oh, maybe actually he's going to stay. My immediate panic was, oh God, like, am I going to be spinning forward 12 months and we're going to be preparing for a season, watching him... You know, playing in a charity shield for Man United or Man City or Chelsea. And are we actually at risk of sort of blowing the best exit strategy we have for Kane in terms of the potential heartache that him leaving will provide? And I know, you know, there's many schools of thoughts with this. I just feel like personally, if you put a gun to my head, I would, I think I would probably give up one season of Harry Kane and get him off to Germany out of sort of out of out sight, out of mind versus the other scenario, which is, I think, him joining another Premier League club and me and everyone else having to watch him score goal after goal after goal for a Premier League side. I can't stand. And, you know, like turning up at our stadium wearing red and scoring for Man United. And it just, I don't know, I kind of keep thinking to myself, actually, as awful as it will be, and I'm not going to be you know, one of these contrary people to be like, oh, you know, maybe it's like a positive that he'll leave. Of course, it's not a positive. I just think that there isn't a good way of this ending for Spurs in the sense that he goes now or he goes next year and it's going to be horrendous because I cannot see Spurs doing enough between now and whenever he decides what he's going to do to sign a new contract. I just don't think he's silly enough to sort of blo- to waste his one golden opportunity to handpick his next club Without Daniel Levy getting involved, without a transfer fee being involved, I just can't see him doing that. So I just keep thinking to myself, oh, do we just need to like, you know, settle for 90 million quid and rebuild the team with a manager who potentially is going to build an exciting side that potentially doesn't actually suit the way that Harry Kane wants to play up front and maybe this is our one shot at sort of starting a clean slate and it being okay, rather than us dragging this out for a year and it being really horrible next year. I don't know. That was me very much talking through my feelings. Um, Billy.
2: (laughs) Yeah, man. I totally agree. My doomsday scenario is watching Harry Kane play for another Premier League club. Like I have to avoid that at all costs. I, I don't, I'm not exaggerating to say that if Harry Kane plays for another Premier League club, like my, enjoyment of football would be significantly impacted like possibly forever that like I would not be able to stomach it um I would not be able to see him come play at White Hart Lane I wouldn't be able to see what you know what week in week out him scoring Premier League goals which he will so if there's a trade-off of one more year of Tottenham versus like four years of Man United I would rather negate the one year of Tottenham um I don't know it's interesting about in the Dan piece that he did mention there's you know some possibility that he might renew it's just if you were even the most optimistic Spurs fan right now, you'd imagine that the sort of very best that we can hope for this season is it will be pushing around the top four. Um, that's not being pessimistic. It's just, you know, in terms of reality, um, which would be a great season. You know, could be really entertaining. Could be really fun to watch. But is that enough to keep Harry Kane here? And he obviously just, he has to win trophies now. He's in the sort of end game of his career. Like, is that enough? And if it is, great. That's obviously the, the very, very best case scenario is that Harry Kane loves, Andrew. Um, signs a new deal, but I would give that maybe a five percent chance um, of happening if that, and then you know it's a big gamble going all in on that when the other the ninety-five percent chance that he then signs for another Premier League club. Um, I just think there's so much like emotion attached to this whole thing that it's impossible for Spurs fans to make any kind of call on it. I don't. There's so much emotion and feelings towards it. Like I my my feeling changes every single day towards it. Like do mm. we want best player that I've ever seen and I ever will see do you want to go and then you know when it sort of looked like he was going I was like oh my god I can't let this happen this can't happen I can't actually (laughs) it's just impossible like it's just the whole situation is absolutely messed up to be honest
0: I can't um you know people at work will ask me what I'm thinking and what I think Spurs should do and what I think is going to happen and um I just can't cope with it I'm just incapable of giving a rational reply and it was interesting I was talking to a Palace fan at work today and it was the first time that I felt like I could talk openly about what a sort of messed up emotional whirlwind the the situation is where you keep changing your mind and you keep sort of flicking between your rational brain and your emotional brain because they've just had it with Zaha and they get it and they understand what players like that mean to your football club I, I'm roses making a face. They kind of do like it's yeah, no they he literally do. That grew was up really I made a face, and then I was
1: just like, no, that's disgraceful. I'm not gonna be the Bayern in this situation. Listen, <laughs> you guys funny. know where I stand, which is, which is which is exactly they've got a mural, we've got a mural, it's all yeah. Um <laughs> you guys know where I stand, which is opposite to you. I don't agree i will do anything to keep harry kane at this club for as long as is humanly possible like i just i don't care like i understand you know i i see your arguments i get where you're coming from um and i'm just like it just doesn't it doesn't work for me i have to like commit to my personality and my personality is i want you to stay and i don't care what happens after that i mean You know, we could all be fucking dead this time next year. So I'm just going to enjoy (laughs) Harry Kane for as long as possible. And also just to be kind of more serious about it, like I have had a really, really hard time with men's football of late, as you guys know. And I just, I feel really alienated from it. Um, it's not just the Kane stuff. Like, I've just been in a real bad space with it where I don't want to think about it. I don't want to talk about it. I don't like any of these guys. I don't feel like they respect me or any other women. I think it's really, it's just so fucked up. And I just, I'm sure I'll find a way through it. Um, and I'm sure Andrew will be a massive part of that because he does seem really decent. But that's, I do feel like it's going to take me a while. So I'm like, you can't put me through all of that and then take away, like, the purest best thing I've ever experienced in football like I'm just not gonna sign up for that no matter what no matter if it is worse in the end like I'm not in for that so that's my position basically but I also you know one thing that I think is really I would like it to just be decided because I think it's really stressful for our fan base and what has been really upsetting Mm -hmm. the last few weeks is you know when Conte left and then we and it was just like wherever you wherever you stood on the Conte situation it a cloud was finally gone right and we'd all fallen out of each other for like a year and it was horrible and then we got Ange and everyone was like okay let's get behind this guy he seems great and we were like so united for like two weeks and now it's like we're back to kind of squabbling and you know just pissing each other off and you know nearly flouncing from what's that Groups, not me, obviously. <laughs> I never do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's we're sort of in that space now. And there's and maybe that's part of it is just Spurs. That's just what we do. We can't, we just don't exist on a kind of emotional level playing field, or whatever the expression is. We're just not calm dudes, are we? We're not calm fans. Um, so I just feel really sad that we're all a fucking mess again. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I'd like us to just, just fix it one way, one way or the other, actually. I think that's I think that's kind of
0: I think that's sort of why, and I'm not I'm not leaning towards wanting him to go because that goes against my entire sort of every fibre in my being. I don't, I don't want him to go, but I do want to just draw a line under all this. And I, my, I think my worry is that I don't know if I would enjoy, unless he did sign a contract during that during the coming season, I worry I wouldn't even enjoy it so much because I feel like every week it would just be, oh, you know, He's there would be all sorts of rumors constantly about who he's talking to and who he's close to signing for. And it would be like, oh, this is his last, you know, game in this. This is his last cup game for Spurs. This is his last whatever. This is his final trip to this his final North London derby. And I just kind of want to move on. And I'm not, you know, gonna talk in too many cliches, but I, you know, no player is bigger than the football club. And I do just want to I want to enjoy having the sensation that things are pulling in the same direction and I worry that and I don't I don't you know I completely appreciate why he wants to go but I think the fact that he so clearly does feel like it's ready for him to go now I've always been a little bit like when a player clearly feels like that I'm just a little bit okay well then you should go like leave us to it and let's just have some guys here that want to be here and you know under a coach who definitely seems to want to be here and is promising things are going to be more exciting you just leave us to it you go and fulfill all the things you want to fulfill you you deserve to do that but we'll sort of make our own way and I just feel like I need that clean break either way like either he signs a new contract and it's all amazing and that is what I want more than anything but I just feel like the alternative is just I don't know. I think it'd be a really weird season. I really do.
1: I mean, it's always weird with Tottenham though. Do you know what I mean? Like I don't even, when I say I just want it decided, I just, I don't need him to sign a new contract. I just need it to be like, either you're going to stay for the season or you're not. And whatever happens after that happens. Um, I just think with, with Spurs, you just don't, ever. you know, it's just chaos, man. So who knows? I think we'll always be angsty whether Kane is here or not. So like, I'd rather be angsty with Kane. Yeah. Please don't leave us, Harry.
0: I think I the thing with so this much. is that like it is such an emotive issue that there is no, you know, there is no wrong opinion here. There is no like take that is off because as Rosa said, you know, he represents um so much to so many Spurs fans in so many different ways that we're all kind of pre-grieving. We're all going through a real rainbow of emotions and it's not over yet so godspeed everyone (laughs) and just be patient with each other and be understanding (laughs) because you know I think everyone is getting a little bit hit up right now and everyone is dealing with this in their own way and everyone you know wants to feel like their stance is the correct stance because it makes them feel better about how they're feeling and all the rest of it and yeah, everyone's going through their own shit with this. It's not fun. Um, so everyone just pre be, be grieves patient. differently. Um <laughs> mean...
2: tomorrow day twenty-six. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, I mean, how are we feeling about everything else? It sounds like we might have a new centre back um, again. I am loath to talk about these in any sort of uh, definite terms because Christ knows we've nearly signed a centre-back about 900 times in the last month and a half, but it does sound like Vicky van der Ven, Mickey van der Ven, Vicky van der Ven, maybe Spurs, Spurs women could probably do with a Vicky van der Ven. God, um, please. Uh, Mickey van der Ven sounds like he will be soon joining from Wolfsburg, a left-footed left-sided centre-back who's very quick, a bit raw perhaps, but does seem to fit with um, Angie's way of playing football. So I guess this is what we've been hoping for, right? This is good news. I mean, it it seems like that position, particularly out of all the positions, is the sort of missing piece of the jigsaw, albeit there are lots of other parts of the jigsaw that probably need upgrading, but this is the big glaring piece that we've been missing. Right, Bill?
2: Yeah, I've just been like so... I just really want to go all in on Ange. I've been so like excited about it. I'm a big fan of his. But I have just had this whole thing the whole time in the back of my head like if we don't get a centre back, then what's the point of any of it? We're going to be there's no we're going to be um, back to square one. He's going to be fighting an uphill battle. So the whole time this frustration, I've probably been over exaggerating a little bit, like how annoying it is not to sign a centre back, um, because there is still time before the season. Um, we should have signed it earlier, no doubt. But I was probably getting a little bit too frustrated about it. So today, it just feels like such a relief. Like, it just feels like, okay, now we actually have a really quite exciting team if this works out well, because I think if you look at our sort of team from top to bottom, that was the key glaring issue. We don't really have a left centre-back. We've had Ben Davis sitting in there, who knows pretty good in a back five there. Um, hasn't, I don't think, rarely ever played there in a back four. Um, obviously in a back four, his favourite position would be left back. Um, so I think it would have been un- unfair to start the season with him playing there. And I'm just really, really happy that it's over the nine, man. I'm just really, really excited. Um, I'm watching this guy play. Like I haven't obviously haven't really seen much Wolfsburg. I've seen a few clips. But if anyone wants to watch, there's a good uh, tweet series that came out today from an account called um, Lily White Lab, where they've done like a little deep dive into it in three tweets, which is really, really good. But this guy just looks like Batongan and everything that he does, like the way that he acts, the way that he runs with the ball the way that he breaks from the defence and like I know obviously Charlie that's your your thing but I just man how good would it be if this is the next Vertonghen that's you know as person, cartoon you,
1: hearts all over our screens yeah. right now
2: <laughs> you know, you, we couldn't wish for <laughs> anything more could we like if you could it'd be so good if you could just bring back Rotonga and put him into ball. Like he'd like to be the mm. um, defender for a ball-playing team um, and this is hopefully as close as we're ever going to get so yeah I've been so frustrated, not that we've not got this done, but now it looks like it's getting done. It's a massive relief to me, and I'm really, really excited now. And I'm starting to get that buzz for Brentford now because if we'd have gone into Brentford with the, with the same defence we had for the pre-season, um, I would have not been looking forward to it. But now I'm really, really looking forward to it.
0: I know um, everyone, and who knows, we might still sign taps over. And I do feel like there's a, you know, there's a sort of sliding doors transfer. Um, or sort of end to the transfer window, depending on what happens with Kane and our budget. Where I think if we do sell Harry, we might go back and sign Tap Sober as well, perhaps. But everyone I know seemed to feel like he was very much the first choice. But, and again, I think this is speaking to my sort of Yan um, fandom, but I just love having a left footed centre back on the left and a right footed centre back on the right. I think there's is, you know. I've said, I've droned on about this to you guys before and everyone else on Twitter, I think, but it's no coincidence that Guardiola always plays with a left foot, you know, he plays with a lefty on the left and a right footer on the right. And that is about, you know, angles of passing, it's about being able to you know, not have to adjust your body awkwardly to bring, you know, bring the ball out, all of those over-complicate
1: things. don't it, basically. Like, some things don't have to be difficult and we've all, yeah. and, like, let's not make it difficult for ourselves.
0: Exactly. That's the thing. Like, round pegs, round holes. That is my big thing for this season. And it uh, harks back to what Billy just said about, let's make this as easy as possible for Ange. Let's give him the right pieces. Let's go all in on what he wants to do. I think, you know, that's that's what we need to do. And I feel like, although... It sounds like van der Ven, you know, he's basically played one full season in a sort of top five league. So probably going to have to be quite patient with him. Sounds like, you know, he's obviously this real specimen in terms of size and speed and strength. But, you know, he's going to have to learn on the job a little bit in terms of positioning and rashness and all the rest of it. But he does seem to fit really well with what, with what Ange wants. I also read apparently Ange wanted him on loan when he was at Celtic as well. So it sounds like, Billy, have I stolen your point there? yeah um maybe we spend too much time talking to each other on whatsapp but we just know what the other's going to say about this stuff um rosa what else would you i mean we've got less than two weeks now to brentford do you think um well i suppose so much of it depends on kane right but is there any other like really glaring thing that you want to see sorted out you know it seems like you know, with, uh, I suppose, Hoybier might leave and there's talk of Frank Kessy at Barcelona, who we've been linked with before, coming in to sort of replace him, even though we've got 972 centre midfielders. Is there anything you feel like you desperately want to see added to the squad?
1: I don't, actually. Um, I just, I want you guys to be happy. Um, I, You know me, I hate transfer season. I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. Um, it really stresses me out. And... I'm just kind of so traumatised from years past. So I think when we signed Madison, I was like, cool, amazing. That's been so what we've needed for so long. And then we got a keeper who, you know, we don't know if Vic's new Vic is going to be any good, but he seems very nice. Um, So I just feel, and then if we've got that and we've got a central defender, I feel all right. You know, I even feel like, you know, if the Celso is going to be a thing, fine. You know,
0: that's I didn't one. Feel of. Like, I didn't feel like it was you were ready yet to talk about Giovanni's reintegration. But
1: we've, I feel like it's okay. I, I brought it up. You've been saying it's going to happen. I will be. I genuinely will be surprised if it really does happen. But if it does, <laughs> that's fine. Like I just.
0: I mean, I know we've played like a completely sort of chaotic West Ham, who still managed to beat us. And, you know, a, a, a Singaporean league team in the middle of their season. But he looks so well suited to Posta Coglu's football, didn't he? Like, he just seems to... Those two number eights, i I'm really hoping that there's perhaps an opportunity for him and Madison to play together at some point or other, because it just feels like, I just think it could. this could be it. And, you know, if you believe a lot of the reports about him seeming a lot more you know, a lot happier and a lot more involved, and you know it might be a great news for Romero as well because he's going to have his best mate around, and you know that will hopefully focus him a bit more and cheer him up a little bit. So I, it feels like we were all expecting this storyline to involve and um, Don and it seems like that little injury he got just before that West Ham game completely like fucked. ruined it for him. Okay,
1: that's just done, yeah.
0: Um, and also, you know, he's he's kind. Of, it sounds like he's basically been fit almost ever since that West Ham game, but like clearly something's. You know, it's, it's just he's not really got there under Ange and hasn't made an impression. So I think we might have to put that one to bed. But who would have thought Celso would be the, <laughs> the the comeback story? I have thought he'd be the first one in out. Million
1: years, man. But I will I say this, first one out. I did not, you know, La and Romero, I don't believe they were in amongst all the like fucking likes or whatever on all the Mendy stuff. So do you know what, lads? Go for it.
0: Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's it is just simple? as well that yeah. sometimes it's just as well they can't speak a word of English. Eh?
1: This is it. I do, exactly. Did they even know what was going on? Probably not. <laughs> but exactly, they, they've committed no crime, so it's all good. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, is there anyone else? I know, you know, we've had sort of our abysmal pre shakeout and we've really not seen an awful lot of football. There's the Shakhtar friendly on the weekend, which I'm very excited to attend with my daughter, not least because the Turtles will be there. This is like a... I know this was a very contentious, like, why, Spurs, are you poking the bear in this way by posting about a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles hookup when everyone is at peak agitation? But... I'll tell you what. In my house, best transfer news of the summer, like seeing the turtles in Spurs kit, Delphine Parish was beside herself. Not least when I could tell her that they were going to be there at the stadium on on, on the weekend. So very excited to uh, to attend and and meet meet the lads. Um, but is there any? We've got two games left. Is there anything you want to see? Are there any like you know? We've had obviously the sort of. There's been like a first half team, a sort of A team and a B team so far. Are there any like players you want to see kind of together that haven't yet played together, considering how Postacoglu is setting the team up? What would you like to see from the next couple of games?
2: Um, I just think now it's about sort of assimilating the two first we've got this A-team and the B-team, it's about simulating them together with who's going to play versus Brentford. I think the, the only real issue that I'm majorly concerned, not concerned about, but I think the most, the biggest issue that everyone is talking about is the full-backs. Um, are we just going to go all guns blazing, Poro, Udoji, and let's just go attack, 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 don't need defenders, etc. Or do we sort of balance out either side of maybe you could go for Emerson and Udoji or Davis and Poro? At the moment, my gut instinct would be, Emerson and Yudoji, just because Yudoji just looks like fucking amazing. like
0: He looks wow, so good.
2: What, what a player. He's, he's got like, the, the sort of confidence that he has, like considering his age. um He just looks like he was born to sort of play in the Premier League and straight away, mm. let's just do that then. Um,
0: just so that, his body he, language, like he just carries yeah, himself like an elite yeah, footballer. Yeah. I know that's a silly thing to say, but just he just moves like. A really, yeah, really he's, good he's footballer.
2: In like the social media and stuff. Like he seems like he wants to be there, um, and sort of make a big deal of it. So that's the only question. I just wonder who's going to. My, my gut feeling is he will probably start with Poro and Udoji against Shakhtar, and then that is maybe he, maybe that's the way he's going to go. Because I know he was speaking in pre season. He said these guys are the exact profile I want in a fullback. So you know um wait poro
1: is the exact profile he wants and you are crazy man i mean this is how this is i knew this was going to happen i'd come back on this pod and i'd get like sucked back into it you're talking about you doji and i'm like but i love poro man i love him i've loved him from the Mm -hmm. beginning i don't think he's a fullback i think Ange is (laughs) insane but like i'm up for it (laughs) if that's what we want to do why not
2: I've decided to think that defending is like a cowardly endeavor, and like you just. I totally agree. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need to defend,
0: if you, need well, to defend if you have 80% possession every game. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> yeah,
2: it's fine. It's, 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 it's proper Tottenham, let's just go for it. Proper so. Tottenham. I want to see um, who's the fullback in Shaq is my biggest yeah. um, question. But I think most of the team pretty much picks itself now. Like, I think. Who
0: would you start in midfield?
2: I absolutely love the look of Basuma. Um, Madison and Sart. I think that is think that's such an exciting midfield for me. Like yeah, agreed. I absolutely love it. I absolutely love it. And I just I, I'm really, really impressed with our midfield options. And then you've got LaSalle still on the bench, which is a fantastic option there. Benton will come back in January. I think I'm not really, I don't really personally, I don't really see the links to Kessie that much. But I just I think we're really well stocked in midfield. Like I know you could maybe argue that we need like a sick um Hoybier style defensive defensive one. Um, I wouldn't, to be honest, I wouldn't be that bothered if we just kept Hoybier and just um, had him as like a sub option at six. But he was up for that because, again, there's a, they're a long way apart of the Atletico fee. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think, I, I think our midfield is looking really, really good. So I'm really excited by it, to be honest.
0: I think if Hoybier does go, that's the only position I would sort of be keen. I think also um, it's just such a tough role, I think, in that team. Like you've got the two number eights that clearly have license just to charge forward and try and score and get into the box and you know the we really number... want to
1: put Hoybier through that again man just doing this is it heart. like
0: I, I don't know I think that I just think that you know Basuma seems perfectly suited to that sort of press resistant Dembele style you can give him the ball in any situation he'll wriggle out of trouble and he'll step past people obviously they're incredibly tough to find midfielders like that that's the only thing I sort of hoped that Saar was that type of player but I think he seems to be a lot more box to box and um you know looks really promising going forward as well so maybe you don't want to limit him to you know sort of shuffling around the centre circle sort of stepping past people and spraying it about but um that maybe is one to watch and then I guess like I said earlier it's just who the second centre-back is going to be is it going to be the Fulham lad Tosin. I'm not gonna attempt his second name just yet. Um, or maybe it's Tap sober. It sounds like uh Rosa's beloved Clement is off to Saudi Arabia. So that that dream is dead, I'm afraid, right? Ra- Rosa Baladuk. But alive.
1: also, if he goes there, he is dead to me. So I'm betrayed by the French, who would have thought? What a disgrace.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think that's that is one to keep an eye on because it's a it's a big ask but um. Van de Ven, straight in at 21. Mm. Right, and your, your Davies is going to be in the Premier League against Brentford. Like, I don't know. It wouldn't it wouldn't even surprise me, to be honest, if Davies did play there against Brentford, but who knows? Yeah, I think I so. I think it'd be really interesting to see if we can get it done before the... Sh- wow, well, well, it's Wednesday now, isn't it? I don't think we'll get him... We won't get him in time for the Stactal game, but maybe we can get him some minutes against Barcelona or something on Wednesday. But mm. it's a big ask of us come in coming straight away and say, right, you'll start in the Premier League on, on Saturday against Brentford.
0: I mean, the most bonkers thing about all of this is obviously we're talking about, you know, pruning the squad a little bit here and there and adding a little bit of, you know, in midfield and perhaps we need another centre back. You know, we're on the, we're staring down the barrel of our greatest footballer thing and having, you know, the best part of 100 million to go out and potentially spend on you know maybe a replacement forward or maybe the club feel like they need a splashy signing to you know for PR reasons and they go and find someone ill, Ill judge to go and sign up who knows like we you know we could be talking in a week's time and the club's sort of had some mad sort of trolley dash to try and make everyone feel better about Kane you know sort of in in Lederhosen we, we have no idea what's going to happen and it's completely balmy, but I guess uh, we just have to work with what is in front of us. Um, and yeah, the, the Shakhtar friendly, I think, is going to be uh, really fascinating to see what sort of um, team, because you'd imagine at this point, like Billy, you said, like, it's probably not going to be two teams playing 45 minutes. He's probably going to want to start looking at what his sort of 11 for the league game is going to yeah. is, is going is to look like. So that's going to be instructive perhaps.
2: 60-70 um, like, minutes of one team mm, and then, yeah, after that will be changing
0: um, I want to talk a little bit about the trust um, and the statement that they put out this week um, about sort of taking action against the ticket price increase um, about the planned protest ahead of the United game um, Billy you've been heavily involved with well all sorts of groups all sorts of you know, planned action and stands against, you know, some of the stuff that the club are are pulling right now. It seems like for once, um, you know, everyone's pretty much in lockstep and in, you know, in agreement that this, you know, this is the right move, that this is a sensible way to tackle an issue that seems to be, you know, universally loathed um, in terms of the, the ticket price increase. You know, it's, it's, it's a job well done from the Trust here, right?
2: Yeah, definitely, man. I just want to shout out the Trust because I know they, they get a lot of stick. Um... It's one of those things where they're damned if they do, then if they don't, if They, you know, if they protest, they get stick. If they don't protest, they get stick. If they give an opinion on this, they get stick. If they don't, they get stick. So I just want to first of all, chat them out for, for actually doing this and sticking their head above and going for this. And um, I think it's really good because what I, I like about it is it's sort of really clear and direct focused, um, you know, with a clear list of um, what they want to achieve, um, which is a complete U-turn on the ticket situation. Um, I think it's a really good, issue to get involved with you know as a fan base first because firstly it's just it's just completely unnecessary like the financial gain from doing it is you know certainly not worth the stress and emotion and anger that it puts onto the fan base that that, the amount of money that will generate over a year or a season is certainly not worth putting you know pricing out some of your fans families um people taking their children that kind of thing um, I can't remember the exact figure, uh, what it was, but someone worked out the sort of the difference it would make across the season. It's, a, it's not an amount that's going to make a difference to Tottenham Hotspur Football Club, who are a very rich football club. Um, so why are you doing it and putting your fans under this sort of emotional pressure? Um, so I think it's a really good issue to be involved with. Um, one of the concerns I had is that you have this great gesture of having this fan advisory board. And then in the very first meeting, the fan advisory board unanimously vote. To, for the club and appeal to the club to reverse this decision. They say, okay, we'll go away and give some time. A few days later, they said, um, we're not going to do that. So it kind of just complete on the very first meeting of this fan advisory board. It goes right. We're going to go against the unanimous. Um, decision of the fan advisory board, which I think was really, really disappointing. And um, it's just like, come on! It's a cost of living crisis. Your fans are paying through all kinds, the through all kinds of stuff in the in the world at the moment. Um, you know, mortgages are going up, inflation. We've got so much going on. Like, we do not need to do this. So I'm really, really glad that we're having unified action against this. Um, and I will be certainly joining the protest in the Man United game.
0: Yeah, same. And I just can't believe that they just keep sort of tripping over themselves with these ridiculous like own goals like it just seems you know it's a it's, it's a really heated you know sort of Enoch in Enoch out you know the levels of people's feelings around it are you know off the charts right now and like we were saying earlier about the Kane situation it's you know it's a very tempestuous sort of emotive issue and people have all sorts of feelings and whatever I completely respect how everyone feels in it but I just can't I just feel like the club at the moment are just it all feels just quite tawdry and I feel like the you know that price increase just felt like a needless act you know trying to sell Davinson Sanchez to Russia the Shakhtar dealings with Solomon felt really grubby like just how we're handling ourselves right now just feels really unbecoming and quite just not what you'd hope from from Tottenham Hotspur. And I can't help but feel like we're sort of slipping further into this sort of behaviour in a way that is just a bit gross. And I just, obviously, football is gross, and Rosa touched on it earlier, and Spurs are not, you know, behaving in a comparable way in terms of some of the crimes and misdemeanours and, you know, disgusting behaviour being showed elsewhere. But I just wish that we would stop tripping ourselves up with these, like, silly little you know, acts that just feel really unclassy and just not becoming of what our club should be.
1: But, but what I will say is that even though, yes, you're right, that there are clubs who um, are either owned by far worse people or have far worse players on their books, um, these things are linked because one of the things I we did talk about on the podcast that I did the other week was that there was no pushback in a way that you might expect. There was there was no sense from any of the clubs, including Tottenham, that any of their players had been involved in something that they shouldn't have been involved in, that actually this was not appropriate behavior from people, from representatives of the football club. And I think that speaks to a level of disconnect and a level of disrespect towards fans and obviously I took that much more personally as a woman but I think it has infected every aspect really and so I think it's important to push back everywhere we can really and it doesn't it's not an Enoch out issue this is just like don't take the piss man Mm, (laughs) like you can't you can't have a football like all of the stuff over COVID you can't you do not have a football club without fans yeah that's a fact
0: completely and I think Billy's right in the sense that you know, in a way the club have handed a, a gift to the trust in the sense that there's this perfectly packaged sort of ripe for the protesting issue in that's very simple to understand that pretty much everyone can get behind. Like the ticket price thing is gross. It shouldn't be happening. It's just pure greed speaking. It doesn't need to be happening. As Billy said, it's not going to impact the club in a really tangible way. For, for them to be doing this in terms of the harm it's doing for, to the emotional, you know, cost that it's, it's, it's creating for lots and lots and lots of fans. And yeah, this is, this is the thing we need to, you know, and I just hope that enough people do, you know, do protest and do act with their feet and that, you know, turn up ahead of the United game and, and make themselves heard and make themselves showed. you know, it's, it's, the cameras will be there. It's a televised game. This is our chance to really show the club that, you know, it's just gross. Like, stop, stop behaving like this. Stop, stop being so fucking disgusting with these issues that you just don't need to be so, just so greedy over and just so classless about. I just hate it.
2: Yeah, and I think um, what makes it a really complicated issue is the, the sort of the connection that we have to our football club and the way that they exploit that because um, the prices were rightly um met with anger from all sides of corners and everyone, you know, universally disapproved of them. And then the Man United game, the Sheffield United game, the Liverpool game all sold out in record time. Um and that is a contradiction, obviously, but it's not, it shouldn't be like you shouldn't have to sort of you know do I want to give up something which I'm not not ashamed to say it my life essentially a a massive part of my life revolves around talking about my social life I go with my dad and brother meet you guys you know do this podcast um it's a a huge proportion of my life and I don't want to have to give that up in sort of protest um to these prices so I'm, I'm glad this sort of protest is happening so I know a lot of people say well you know if you if you're so opposed to these ticket prices why why are people still paying it and why are people still turning up but I'm not giving up my that huge portion of my life and for the sake of these owners I don't I don't want them to win in that way um so I'm glad that this protest is happening is another way and I, I totally respect people and the sort of the contradiction that happens when you you know if people are so annoyed at these prices why why are they still buying them I don't I don't buy into that school of thought because Tottenham is much more than that to us and to our fans and it's not something which um you know this kind of act can take away from us um so yeah I know it's a a really really complicated issue and you you imagine the cynic inside of us all is thinking well they're not exactly going to go back on this issue when they can sell out games in record time at at these prices are they so Mm. um, I just hope that they see some sense and they see that you know, football isn't much more than that. It's much more than numbers on a spreadsheet. It's a it's a connection between thousands and millions of people uh, and it goes way beyond um, your balance sheet. So I hope they sort of...
0: And, and you know, I think similarly, we as fans, we want to get behind the new manager. We want to get behind a team that we're hopefully going to fall in love There's with key again. You know, There's
2: a people at that game, which, you know, now has been sort of overshadowed by this.
0: Yeah, like we put our hands in our pockets as a fan base to pay... For a you know, welcome to N Seventeen, you know, tifo for our, our new coach. Like there's, you know, the, these these people that own and run our club. You know, they are they are there. You know, to look after the club whilst they have it. They are not the club. You know, we we go to watch our club. It just so happens that they're the ones that are owning it. And I think, you know, Billy's right. It's it's such an emotionally taxing situation to try and get your head around and you know I battle with it I'm sure everyone does you know I have a season ticket I you know I'm trying to indoctrinate my children and buy them replica kits and all the rest of it that makes me a complete hypocrite in so many different ways but like Billy says you know this club means you know it's not like a oh well I'm gonna stop buying my coffee from this place because they're you know a reprehensible outfit you know, Spurs is part of our you know it's part of our emotional makeup. it's part of our you know being a fan is runs so deep in so many different ways that and they are they're taking advantage of that. It's just as, as plain plain and simple as that that it's just it's too much it's too much. But,
1: but also just as a, as a sort of last point I guess to kind of thinking about the sort of cynical response to it we don't we don't protest in the expectation of immediate change. That's not what protest is about. That's not what mm. Agitating for Change is about. It takes time and it takes different tactics and different groups of people coming together to try to figure out the best way forward. And so for people saying, what's what's a protest going to do? Maybe nothing straight away. Maybe nothing. Maybe over time, quite a lot.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I think having this one issue that people can come together to rally against is is a good thing like it's a it's a horrible thing that has happened in this way and that people are being priced out of going to watch Tottenham and you know the club are being steadfast in not you know think looking like they're going to overturn it but what it does do is give everything everyone something to rally around that's solid that is very clear and easy to understand you know it's not a sort of fractious issue that there are you know particularly sort of myriad viewpoints on this is one thing we can all agree is is pretty gross and let's use this as a jump off to as Rosa says try and impact some change and you know not get you know sort of baby out with the bathwater. if like tens of thousands of people don't join in this time you know this has to be the start it has to be gradual it has to be sort of organic and people need to you know understand what's going on so fingers crossed fingers crossed um cool all right we should rattle through the other bits let's move on to something a bit more jolly because christ knows you probably need that billy the return of hometown glory of course means the return of rolling in the tweets which i know is many people's favorite part of our podcast um what did we ask our wonderful listeners as we welcome them back for season three
2: so we said, um, things are a bit heavy right now. So it's a light in the mood. What's the summer signing that had you inexplicably excited? And just want to say, like, thank you so much for all your contributions, because it really does make this show. And we hope that it's like a unique selling point for us. And um, we couldn't do it without you guys. So thank you, because we always get so many of them. And uh, it really does mean a lot to us. Um, so I'm going to rattle through them. We have loads. And again, it's like such a Tottenham thing, isn't it? Like, getting excited for these summer sign-ins. Um, had from our friend of the show, Trunk. Um, picture of pastiga there with his sweat adorned armpits um, i know charlie it, it echoed that one as well a sign that we we're all excited for um espen prosad says darren bent remember when i saw the confirmation on text tv i was buzzing now modern fans they don't know the teletext years man i remember actually having to search for all of our transfers in that way and me and my dad sort of going through um i remember you have to have to bring up like fan zone or something to. oh to
0: club call do you remember club like having Fanzo. to wait till like your parents were out yeah. and then we hoping the, they weren't going to read the phone bill and we were in the trenches like, in the service, uh, all you found out was that like we were going to offer a new one-year deal to Colin Calderwood or something. That Mm -hmm. was the...
2: Maybe we weren't any worse off than we are now for only knowing that. Who knows what social media has done to us all. Uh, Lauren says, and Belly for me, I never watch player comps because they're not accurate representations of a player, but I spent hours watching Tongi clips, still waiting and hoping he'll become the player I thought we were buying. Um, maybe don't look at the latest transfer news if that's what you're still hoping for. Um, Ollie says, I was embarrassingly excited about Darren Bent. I wrote a blog that borrowed Nas lyrics, Nas lyrics and stated, he ran like a cheater with the thoughts of an assassin. Wow, that is really nailing your Palace from us there. Um, sadly did not have the sort of illustrious career that Nas has as a rapper though uh, for Tottenham anyway. Um, Tim says, I've actually no idea why, as this really shows my age, but Andy Gray, I was sure he was the best of the bunch from that Palace FA Cup finalist team. Also Everson, another beloved classic from us. Um, I've seen others suggest him already. Caroline says, we haven't exactly made a ton of signings since I became a fan five years ago. So if you've been a fan for five years, Almost two of those were sent with no signings. So I definitely hear that sentiment. So small number I was really hyped about Perisic. Um, it's not that he was awful last season, but he didn't quite live up to the high expectations I had from watching it at Bayern, and I think that's definitely a sentiment that we all share. Um, another one who was right in preseason as well. Um, Rachel says Eric Lamella, love at first sight for me. Um, the glint in his eye, his nationality, his compilations. I think that was always one of those ones, wasn't it? Because he was like always he was immediately touted as the Gareth Bale replacement, and it, it wasn't quite what we got, but we got something very different and very beloved as well. Um good friend Steve says that one that sticks with me is Rebrov, um pre-Youtube, etc. I thought we signed an absolute world in the last one I can actually remember. My dad, me and my dad going absolutely crazy over. I thought we'd really done something special there. And as Steve says, he turned up to be Shevchenko from Wish. Um DB says, I purchased a DeAndre Yedlin jersey. Um, now
0: this this needs to be we need to dwell on this because when I was scanning the replies, this isn't the only instance of a <laughs> DeAndre Yedlin jersey being purchased.
1: I think you've forgotten there was I mean, buzz
0: I know, around we, kid. Like yeah.
2: there really was, there was buzz. yeah. Like insanely fast, wasn't he as well? I think he's. I'm pretty sure he's still playing in MLS. Um, he's
0: playing for Inter Miami. He's yeah. playing on the same wing as um, Leonardo <laughs> Messi, as Lionel Messi. Yeah, he might,
2: was even their captain last season as well. Yeah, so. I
0: think he's he's Messi's captain. Yeah, <laughs> It's
2: pretty crazy. Um, his um,
0: I loved his his only Spurs appearance. I think was. Um, a substitute appearance when we lost 1 0 to Tim Sherwood's Aston Villa. That was, I think, the only time <laughs> got he got
1: on. end
2: days. Day. Yeah, good old days. <laughs> Uh, Steve says another one for Rebrov, especially when we got on a superstar, especially after his legendary stats of Shevchenko. Um, Wes goes for David Bentley, the cheeky Cockney, the look, the vision, the Römer pre-season game. I was talking a pre man. That was one of those ones, man. I really thought we were going to win the league after that when we won, beat them 5-0. Um, yep, yeah, but again, like we all were. Uh, now another special one for Charlie Um, rumour has it that he's named his son after this guy Um, Vincent Janssen thought he was going to be that guy (laughs) debut season numbers were crap for a team that wasn't big in the Dutch league, left footed, strength was unreal, his finishing comps had me feeling something, yeah we all fell for that one as well Um, I
0: love love these replies we have the best listeners because these replies are like just capture so much about what being a Spurs fan is and the detail and the sort of pathetic nature of what we're all like is captured in this and i i love 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 how many of you reply in such a brilliant way so thank you thank every you every single you. one
2: so far have been like yeah me too i felt exactly <laughs> the same like we all do we all do it um home in 1882 says and kudu was gonna thought and kudu was gonna tear it up um jimmy says stephanie everson again free google you had to rely on hope that they would be good I thought the word that he was a wonder kid. I remember praying he was the answer to all of our problems, which is a recurring theme for pretty much every player that we have signed. Um, Troy Parrot Watch says, Rebrov, Postiga, Dimitrescu. Uh, Shane says, just a, merely a picture of Vlad uh, um Got another Rebrov shout from Paul. Um, Owen Brand says, Deandre Yedden again, the rampaging young American right back that was going to take the Premier League by storm and, became the Michael, and become the Michael Jordan of soccer. Um, didn't quite work out, but now he is playing with the goat. So maybe there's something in that. Um, Matt says Blondell signs he's got a link to an article from 2002 about Jason Blondell um, Domitrescu we have got Dan saying Bale's return which I know is a very very exciting time for this podcast in particular um, ADV says we'll never ever again another one for Charlie we'll never ever forget knowing that Jürgen was joining us while watching London tonight I went mental Thought Soldado could be the one watching those highlights compilations is never a good idea um, again which is again echoed by I thought Robert but Soldado was the final piece. Me too. Jonathan says, pictured here, Giovanni dos Santos, man. What a player he could have been. That goal from Mexico against USA is something else. Another shot for Red Bull from Lewis. Uh, Jeremy Kinsella says, Paulinho, man, I thought we'd thought the best Midfielder in the world. I will still never ever forgive that journalist for saying that he is a Brazilian Lampard. Uh, we've got Pete Sanson says Rivaldo's letter. You know, two words which I know that we all know what that means. David then <laughs> says Clinsman and um, Charlie. I'm guessing you felt the same about Klinsmann. Um, big one for you.
0: I mean, I can. St- it was the anniversary of him signing the other day, and it brought back memories of I was on uh, Cub Camp, and my dad came to collect me, and I got into the back of the car. And he just threw a copy of the paper at me and said, I think you want to turn to the back page, son. And uh, it was that famous shot of um, Jürgen and Alan Sugar on that yacht. Um, and yeah, still the most, I was 11. So I was like peak sort of excitement around that time, getting into football properly. And Does Jürgen better.
1: count? Because it was so, we were so excited and we were right to be excited. <laughs> Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I suppose it's that, yeah, maybe we were looking more to that sort of, you know, the ones that didn't work. The ones that didn't like work. Red
1: I mean, Rove, man, that that I feel that one deep in my soul.
0: That just summed us up, didn't it? Like, mm. we, it felt like we'd really done a number on the rest of Europe and signed this like can't miss talent, and just ended up sending him on loan to. How Westworld. wrong we were. <laughs> I'm going to
2: echo Lauren as well. Mine was in like, I thought, you know, just coming off the back of that Champions League final. Um, Playing that much money on a player, I thought, you know what, we're actually different now. This is a new beginning for us. And it was instead the beginning of the end of the world. So yeah, that was the one for me. <laughs> I really thought that signing was like the sign that we were actually we're turning into like a proper big club. We've gone out and signed one of the best players in Europe. 60 million, six-year contract. Let's do it. And uh here we are. So yeah, I echo that one as well. That was definitely my six
1: year contract, man. What an agent. What an agent.
2: Four years into it now or something like that. Yeah, I've still got two <laughs> years left. Oh my it's, god.
0: It's mad. I I was thinking about that summer and when I was posting that tweet and there was that shot I posted of uh, Lacelso and Cessignon on the pitch and I was I was thinking back to how excited I was that we'd finally got Ryan Cessignon because I felt he was like
1: Oh my god, you know, our friend Dan was like, when are we when is when is Sess coming? When is Sess coming? Yeah. And it was just like such a great day for us all. Yeah. He finally got his man and now sadly being like, repeated again with Spence, but
0: Oh, God, yeah.
2: Maybe Jesus. that uh, summer will be vindicated if we, uh, if a SELSA wins a FA Cup this year. You know, you know but like the Magnificent
1: Seven kind of worked out, right?
2: Everything. Yeah, it did. Yeah. But maybe this is the year when that summer reveals itself to be all right.
0: Um, those were all brilliant again, like we said. Thank you so much. Um, The other fun thing that's going on right now is the Women's World Cup. Um, Just today, we had the incredible Jamaica success um, with two of our very own COIS representatives um, doing us proud, uh, Spence and Spencer. Um, Rosa, it's been a pretty thrilling tournament. I mean, obviously, we were a post's breadth away from it being an incredible tournament. Oh, my God, Uh, it would
1: have been perfect. Like, sorry, Caroline. Sorry, Caroline um, and other
0: US listeners. Yeah, Yeah.
1: but... um, it literally would be a perfect World Cup if Portugal had just put that chance away and knocked the USA out. As it stands, though, it's just been like, honestly, it's exceeded my wildest dreams. Bethany England has come on not once, but twice. I believe now she's got at least 50 minutes overall. She just
0: needs to go. She just needs to go.
1: She's so Do you know what? Like, honestly, Chloe Kelly, I, I said this the other day, I'm, like, I'm going to go to my grave, say that she should have got the ball to her. in in yesterday's game because honestly she should have just been able to run past that Chinese defender because Beth made this unbelievably fantastic well she made several great runs and she was right there the whole time after also unselfishly squaring the ball to Chloe Kelly earlier so the favour was not returned so Beth next time just be selfish and you'll get your goal so mm-hmm. that's been amazing um yeah Drew Spence and Becky Spencer have both been incredible for Jamaica I watched the whole game at my desk at work today just kind of sneakily on my phone and it was so stressful I was very I was super invested because of them but also because Lauren who was um on the other pod with me is like a mad Jamaica fan and was just I was kind of living it with her she was so 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 stressed and it was on it was one of those games where I was like I can't I can't breathe watching the last 10 minutes of this. They held on for a nil-nil against Brazil. So they are through. Like, this is a team that had to, like, crowdfund going to the World Cup. Like, their federations are disgraced. They don't get paid. And now they're in, like, the last 16. It's absolutely incredible. Um, it's, but, yeah, it's actually been it's been a great World Cup to be coised because so far nobody has embarrassed themselves. Either. Like Shalina didn't play in the in Canada's four-nil drubbing. So that's good. Roz made a peak Roz appearance, I believe, the other day where <laughs> she got like a aimless shot in after a cross. But um By the way, that, what
0: is what is going on with Shalina? Because we're we're still I don't know. I sort don't think of she's posting about her as if she's a Spurs player, but she's out of contract. There's yeah. no news on anything. She's not said anything. It's so mean, weird because I-
1: obviously Roz is Ste- yeah. has signed yeah, an yeah. ascension so I don't I don't know I, I mean a
0: more more importantly I named it I named I named a tortoise after her I God's
1: know sake. I know but you like, know that's what happens don't like nothing is permanent don't trust it. I was
0: reminded by my mum that I named um I named a tropical fish Jürgen months before he left so I should have learned my lesson then back when I was uh, look 12. it's a
1: good lesson for Delphine <laughs> sorry <It is>. kiddo <laughs> you
2: can bring it the tortoise is. on Sunday it might get a run out of the uh the actual
0: teenage mutant ones so maybe oh, delphine has asked if we could bring uh shalina with us but i think she might get a bit scared she said yeah. Yeah. um several
1: steps ahead of you bill
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um do you think england can win rosa
1: do you know what they might when kira walsh went down the other night i thought that's it we're fucked now because it's just too many injuries um but honestly like i think I've I've lost my head slightly just watching Lauren James um, Mm. be absolutely incredible. So I think, I think we could do it. We look, we look amazing. I mean, as you know, Nigeria will be tough but like get past get past them and anything's possible really i
0: found like, nobody it, um, looks
1: frightening basically yeah
0: it's wide open isn't it mm. i think what i found amusing as a spurs fan is watching lots of other spurs fans get really excited by england switching to wing backs and being like this is all we needed to do <laughs> we just this <laughs> is gonna unlock all of our attacking play like it lauren totally james is, is completely liberated and like with you know i'm like does the ptsd like, of the um, last two years mean nothing to you people um just goes to show wingbacks can be fun, Antonio. You don't have to be quite so scared all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I reckon we might do it. Yeah. I think Lauren Je- I mean, Lauren James literally looks like the best player in world football. Like yeah. she just. Unbelievable. Wrote- I know she's got always well, a slightly annoying nickname in cheat code, which I sort of
1: I know. slightly
0: irritates me because I feel like I'm in an old man sort of, uh, you know, I
1: didn't Chelsea. realize that was like an actual thing until the other day. I thought it was just like a thing that one person had said, and I'm like, oh no, that's actually oh for God's I sake! I thought it
0: was just an annoying thing that Chelsea people said. No, it's, it's, it's all, yeah. Mm, anyway, mm. she does seem like just such a lovely person as well. So, all power to her. She um she seems like Zell she's got a Kane of her,
1: by Lauren James. There you go, Tottenham. Fixed
0: everything. There you go done Um,
1: I'd like for us to buy some players actually just quickly we've got a new manager um, and we've also kept Vicky Jepsen on as like senior like assistant head coach or something which is really nice Um, but we've only signed (laughs) one player that we already signed in January so I could really it would be great if we could just move things on a little bit from there but the World I'm Cup sure is for three and a half weeks,
0: so I'm sure we're just waiting to see which players light up the World Cup, and similarly sure, to World all, Cup 24 yeah. just take the equivalents of you know Dimitrescu, Popescu, and Klinsman away from their club teams. Um, what could possibly go fingers more? crossed we do something because yeah. yeah, the squad's looking a bit thread there, isn't it? Um, let's talk culture. Let's round things off with some rapid fire culture because, as always, we said to ourselves, let's just make it a quick hour tops and here we are but let's do culture Billy um I feel like I want to talk about sort of the whole you know cinema spectacular that is sort of Barbie and Oppenheimer when we're all together next week
2: also Um, no spoilers
1: I haven't seen either of them I don't know when I'm going to get to do it
0: okay we'll do yeah most of us have kids so we'll talk about we'll talk about that in like three years I'll get to it in like six months Um, guys
1: have you heard of these movies
2: Please try and do it in a cinema, though, because it is, especially Oppenheimer, you have to do it in a cinema. So so Barbie, I reckon you could easily watch at home, but you have to see Oppenheimer in a cinema. I don't
0: know, man, because if you see Barbie at home, you don't get the um, amazing experience that I, and I'm sure lots of other people had, which was to walk out of the cinema following a guy in his sort of mid to late 50s with his wife and turn to his wife and say, that was a load of old shit, wasn't it? Oh my <laughs> like my dude! My the
1: dude, amount, the dude, amount of people
0: doing? that have gone in to watch Barbie and within minutes being like, "I'm sorry, what's this? This is..." not
2: I was listening to, uh, to the Empire podcast and he said similar. He was watching Oppenheimer at 11 o'clock at night in a packed cinema, um and this woman was obviously drunk and she had she this. The title for Oppenheimer came on and she turned to a friend and said, "What's this about?"
1: <laughs> queen absolute queen
0: that <laughs> i just love the yeah. fact that like fans of you know the sort of like traditional and i say that in inverted commas fans of both of those types of films have like packaged them up to see both of them and you would hope that by doing so they've like you know had a wonderful eye-opening sort of horizon broadening experience to see a sort of film that they wouldn't ordinarily go to see but i imagine there's been lots and lots of people just being like
2: they what? have made
0: <laughs> what's happening <that> here.
2: <laughs> loads of money,
1: very much things. like a spurs men and women doubleheader.
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> very much like that. Cinema is so bad though, that's amazing. It's almost um, well, that's obviously there's a whole strike which is gonna ruin the whole thing. But um yeah. Yeah, I've I i will won't say anything about both because the internet has exhausted all possible defeats them as well, but yeah,
0: go and see what it. else are you liking, Billy. Is there any any TV you're enjoying at the minute? Yeah,
2: I am really fucking loving Hijack. Like, I know we, uh, when I'm, I suppose I talked to you about it, so like I, I am watching it and kind of like laughing at how ridiculous it is. As it's gone on, I've like, oh, I'm like so all in on it. I'm so consumed. And I'm, like, I'm going to watch it tonight, actually, the finale. It's got mm-hmm. like, I think every single episode has got slightly better and slightly better and slightly better. And now it's, it's been one of the most enjoyable things I've seen in ages. Like, it's just so, it's just knows exactly what it is. I was listening to a podcast about, it they're like don't know any characters names don't have any emotional attachment to any of them I just it's just pure attention vibes and that is exactly what you want sometimes so yeah I'm loving that there's also two films on Netflix which I really liked which is um they clone Tyrone um which has got Jamie Foxx in it and um John Boyega in the lead role which is an amazing amazing Netflix film it's kind of like sci-fi slash comedy slash um exploitation it's kind of all kinds of mashup up pajamas in one and also there's a really really good animated film called Nimona um which if you have children would be a really good film to watch and it's actually just an amazing film um and it was sort of rescued after disney dropped it but it's about a shapeshifting uh little girl and it's amazing so Nimona and they clone tyrone but i'm also absolutely loving hijack which i think you're watching as well right Charlie?
0: i am yeah i was um i was bemoaning the fact that it's the finale tonight i was like why is it only seven episodes that's bullshit and then it was pointed out to me that it's, of course, in real time, and that's yeah. how long it takes to fly from Dubai to London. So, you know, that's why, which is a pretty good reason. So, a
2: week, a week hit, long break has been. It's like one of those things where you kind of want it, and you also don't. But like, it's been a killer, hasn't it? Like the cliffhangers are insane and in it's
0: It's um, but I love it. I must admit, like, and I've it's I've really loved. Right. I think I've, you know, I'm a bit biased, but I feel like with. A completely different type of show um but they, they they did the same with uh the wonderful rose burn and seth rogan's uh platonic where you'd have to wait a week between episodes and it and it was similar in that there were no real cliffhangers but it was just such a lovely little part of my week where i was like oh it's platonic day great i get to watch half an hour of two of my favorite actors having a really great time and being middle-aged and hilarious what a lovely i all way about to- like
1: not binging now man. i love just having things like back on a weekly schedule Really yeah, works. we're
0: trying to we're trying to not binge um, season two of the Bear for that very reason, and also because they're really short. The episodes, the temptation is to just sort of wolf them all down in a couple of sittings. Um, but yeah, we're trying to like space that out in because we have enjoyed there being a bit of a break between things. I guess some shows do suit binging, right? But others, it feels nice to wait a bit. It
2: hijacks really benefit them as well because if it just sort of came mm. out everyone would have just watched it on one day and then it's like, oh, that's a thing that's happened now. Whereas now everyone's like literally talking about it all week and like being like, oh my God, I can't believe I have to wait another week for the next one. So yeah, I think it's one of the shows which has like benefited from it big time.
0: Um, Rosa, what are you enjoying?
1: Very similar vibes. Um, I watched uh, the Mia Hansen-Love film um, One Fine Morning
0: oh, the other film. day,
1: which was really good, <laughs> really, really good. Very, uh, yeah, completely opposite vibes um like French romance but also she's looking after her father who has sort of dying slowly and horribly of dementia so it was kind of sort of uplifting and sort of devastating at the same time um I was the first I've not watched any of her other films actually so now I'm gonna have to kind of go through the back catalogue but I loved that a lot um I also read the latest Megan Abbott novel she's really great at sort of um scary extremely tense thrillers that have um female protagonists and this one I didn't I've loved all of her books the last one I wasn't super into but this one is fully um back returned to form it's called Beware the Woman and it has some sort of um Rebecca vibes and various other creepy shit and it's I read it in like two sittings and it was so 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 stressful I was I genuinely could feel like my heart pounding as, as I like raced to the end so she's great um I feel like I read some other thing which I now can't remember um but yeah I also it feels like it came out ages ago but I really loved the new Janelle Monet record Age of mm. pleasure, which is like half an hour, thirteen tracks, perfect.
0: I am. Um, I haven't given that much time. I think I got distracted by all the boobs, quite honestly, and um, a lot of boobs. For- forgot to listen to the music, um, which is Fair not play. Good.
1: But like the music is also really, really good.
0: That's good to hear. That's good to hear because she's a she's a good thing, right? We love we love Janelle. I do, man. Yeah, um, excellent. All right, I was going to talk about hijack. Said so Billy. Hijacked my pick. Not
2: I don't know.
0: We're in sync. We're in sync. Um, there we go. But yeah, definitely watch Hijack. It's so fun and silly and that sort of wonderful. Just you can forget your troubles and, and that, watch a load of people that, that, stressing out on a plane.
2: That last episode was just absolutely ridiculous, right? <laughs> like some of the stuff that happened. is the absence of laughter. It. It's like, oh my god, this is. I yeah.
0: I really enjoyed too how Id- Idris Elba is just like settling into just playing Idris Elba now. When he
2: exactly, like, he
0: just pitches yeah. up like I'm pretty sure he just he doesn't go into wardrobe he's just I'll just wear my own clothes for this yeah, it's fine I'm straight from yeah, like
1: whatever yeah. weird DJ set he's doing yeah. <laughs> like, you know, I don't even
2: has a character name to be honest
0: just <laughs> he's called Sam Nelson you know I just looked up and I was like no I don't remember at any point
1: bothered to try
0: literally I refuse to believe that he has been acknowledged as Sam Nelson at any point during yeah, the no show one's calling um,
2: him
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> um definitely watch it it's really really good um and that is hometown Glory's uh return our third season um I'm very excited about the upcoming year God knows what we're going to be talking about before you're going to say God knows why I mean God I mean potentially Rosa potentially Um, who knows what Spurs will bring but at least we've got each other Um, thank you ever so much Billy and Rosa for joining me this evening can't wait to have Tom and Ash back hopefully next week as we come together for our big season preview there's going to be all sorts of fun and games there Um, Billy see us home